0: How are you doing today? I know it's been forever. I think one of the reasons it started was because the the, the gap between episodes started was because I was deep into just uh, deep into grad school and personal stuff happened, and I and I kind of had to let like quit some stuff for a second to pick other stuff up in a sense and I know that's very broad and that's very um not as detailed as that I want it to be but also it doesn't matter to share it you know it's uh overall it was a very rough patch and I I'm glad it's over however a complaint I have to make is the fact that I had to kind of submit a lot of my final papers through email to my professors and as much as wonderful and uh cool kind of that feels, like it feels personal, like hi, I'm submitting my twenty five pages to you via email ha ha, but um, it lacks the like confirmation of having to go back and see like on Curki that like you have stuff done okay, for those of you who don't go to u of d and i sh- I think there's some other canadian schools they use it but um so it's an online thing where your assignments and your course syllabi and like all those stuff are posted and so i wasn't submitting a lot of my papers through that i out of four i only submitted one and the other three i had to send through email and he was so weird getting emails from my professors telling me that they have received my email and my paper and thanking me i'm like oh <laughs> wait until you read it then thank me with the grade you give me because I don't think these are reflective of my best work but they are definitely reflective of the best work I could have presented to you in a month and if you think about it it's crazy to write 80 pages worth of papers in one month and that's insane um and I'm just grateful that it's submitted and I'm grateful that I got not rid of them but like i got done with them quite frankly as fast as i did with the last one my thesis was non-existence until i finished the conclusion and it was a very weird but it's strange to be done um a lot of my friends opted out to have a summer course but knowing me i was really <laughs> in love with my four courses so i i, I did that and and it's weird to be over with it so officially well unofficially I'm done with my MA I won't be fully done until until graduation but you know unofficially done and uh, that is very strange because it's my like for the first time since I was seven years old actually you know I also went to kindergarten so I was just I'm just gonna say like I have nothing to wake up to to go to like an official like couple of hours a week spent on educating myself in a sense, not that life on its own is not education, but I think it's kind of strange to not having deadlines of well having having credit card deadlines and 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 payment deadlines, but not having like assignment deadlines and i and I find that extremely weird and rare uh i'll keep an update on it. like how 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 long will that stay weird i'll keep you updated but i think besides that it's kind of strange to to just sit down and talk about this and i think that's one of the purposes i started this podcast to just sit down and talk and i and i haven't gotten a chance to do that in a while so For those of you out there still listening, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Glad you are here. Really happy to be here and have you as an audience. There is not a specific topic I want to cover today, but the whole theme of it is kind of friendship, so it could be somewhat a letter my best friend so without further ado here is episode 27 of letters never sent letter number 27 to whom you may concern it's been a while since i sat down to kind of think kind of point out how grateful i am and i think a lot of the times it kind of gets embedded in in the uh, <laughs> messiness of of life and recently with the papers i had to write i had to dig deeper into what i'm really into and then when it comes to picking up paper topics that your professors push you to pick yourself like it's not like undergrad and they give you a list of things you can pick from and then you you go for it and it's it's you who come up with it based on like a novel you've read based on what you've studied in class based on a presentation you were really into based on like a paper you read in class that really spoke to you and i think while you're figuring out what you want to write your paper about it's kind of even though hear me out i am quite not gonna lie i will miss being around my friends i will miss being around professors people who i still believe that really understand me to a certain extent um better than myself and my family at at, at some point just because they've seen me being vulnerable in person like they've seen me sharing vulnerable stuff in class um, because of the comfort of its temporality, but also, like, the comfort of knowing that these people, to some extent, will connect to you. And, and that's besides the point, but I think it's weird to be grateful for, <laughs> for being over with, like, stressful deadlines because just expectations that you have yourself of yourself as a student – like so much different than expectations of yourself you have in real life and it takes you like a very long time to realize that and it takes you like quite frankly like the greatest heartbreaks and the greatest like letdowns um to 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 finally see the fact that these two things exist simultaneously in different lanes and they they are both you. you you're living in both of them but one does not overpower the other in fact like the real thing which is like the the main line you're 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 remaining in besides the line that you're coexisting in it which is like a school line education line is they're two different things of course they overlap with with your presence in them um but they are two different things and i was and it took me a long time because I always wanted to do my PhD and I'm not saying I won't do it now it's just I truly um now that I recognize that they're two different lines I just really want to understand and 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 get to know myself without the connection to academia and without the (laughs) deepest desire to be uh academically proven like I need A's to (laughs) to understand myself that like I thought that was the only thing but apparently it isn't and I realized that so I need a break (laughs) but but I'm grateful like but back to the papers and like coming up with your thesis and all that I think one of the greatest important thing is that you um first of all I had the pleasure of being in four classes that I really felt connected to a the material b the professors, in certain extents, in different land, in different perspectives, um, but also see in a sense that um, I was learning things that I really wanted to learn. Like I was like, "Oh, the tuition is finally worth it. Like I'm doing things that I want. Thank you. Five years and I'm here. And I think it takes a long time to realize that." If when you when you love some when you're deeply passionate about something when you when you truly love it you're even though it's hurtful it's still, it still is good hurt because that's what all life is about right it's about understanding pain and understanding anxiousness and turning those into excitement into passion into things that keep you going and I think one of the greatest strength that my masters have taught me besides the again the immense group of immense love from a group of people that I barely knew but I knew a lot and and I know a lot right now is the fact that you as long as you're in a room as long as you are given a chance to speak and as long as you you feel like you're being heard um by like people around you by by the way they 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 show care and passion and love towards you and what you say and what you stand for that's how life should be because there are moments and and but the the thing about classes and um i'm more so speaking about one because uh my professor dana settler i love that woman she will never listen to this i don't think (laughs) i don't think um Anyway, she she won't, cause you know, professors and student. But um, uh, th- she did a beautiful thing where she had a weekly check in with us, and I find uh, so did other professors, but in like different ways, right? Like the the weekly check ins for other professors usually include more so the um, the text itself, like what do you think about a novel, or like what really stood out to you. What topic do you really want to talk about a novel today? But but for Dana, what di- what was different was the fact that she would ask us more personal, more deeply rooted questions and she was so honest with her own answers that really curated this space where we could freely speak and we could freely be ourselves in a sense that I could say anything and still feel the love and terst um and appreciate it <laughs> and what is what is the most ironic is that because I've shared so much of my life in that class in like um in the uh couple of minutes that I got before before we started our lecture just like to like to touch to touch base and all that I I think Dana ended up knowing me more than anyone else just because I never forget this it was the cutest thing ever where she told me um she told me how um oh my god, I think we were getting a break or something. I don't remember exactly when it happened, but we were on a break um, because we were completing something and, and, and she was talking. And then I said something to my friend Theo who was sitting right next to me. And she said, of course, Nafis is saying everything aloud while she's doing it. And I thought, that's so cute because I, I sincerely think only my mom knows that. My mom, who I always shout out to my mother. Uh, Mother's Day is coming and she's my best friend. I love her. And I... <laughs> and that moment, I I was so shocked because I'm like, oh man, you 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 do know me, and then it was it was so weird because I, I I told her, um, I've never felt so seen <laughs> until that moment in her class, and it was so cool, um, because similarly she did a interesting thing because none of my professors have ever done this, so for me it was very interesting, but I really liked the approach because I loved. To an extent, losing control over picking deadlines for myself because I picked everything, like presentation dates and everything, and I really liked losing control for a second, involuntarily losing control because we didn't choose this, right? But I, at first, I was really questioning, like, why would Dana not let me pick my like presentation date or assignment dates that I have to submit for a class? But by the time I wrote the last small assignment, I realized that oh, she really spent time picking these and then recognizing what each of us would love and then what's ironic is that I ended up using the three things she gave me for my small assignments and the book by Sadia Hartman that she signed for me for my presentation I ended up writing a paper on them and I and I always told her I'm like it's so weird how you knew me but that's besides the point um for, for, for listeners who who know me in real life, um, they know that I jump from, I tend to jump from one topic to another, uh, like, seamlessly, and sometimes stories blend to an extent that, um, I, I no longer know which story I'm talking to, and then if you really don't know me, um, you won't be able to figure out which story does still belong, or are we still on a page, on the same page or not, and I think... The reason I bring this up is because it wasn't just a thing that Dana noticed, it, but it's a thing that my, I, I, I know I I do, and I and I'm not saying it's the cutest thing, but I sometimes associated with the reasons, like, for example, why I understand authors like James Joyce and uh, Virginia Woolf a lot because because their paragraphs are literally as long as mo- one single thought of mine would extend to. And I think about it a lot and sometimes I'm just out there talking simultaneously in my head and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe this is a problem. Maybe this should be like, I should solve this somehow, but believe me, believe it or not, I really tried, but until, unless I've written this down, there's no chance in heck that I can fix it. So I'm using it in a sense to say that I don't think anyone ever, besides Dana, um, <laughs> anyone ever, or my professor Terry Robinson, she's also really, or like a lot of my professors from undergrad, Holker, um, Larry, oh, all angels, um, I'm not thinking about who I, like, what other professor actually, like, interested? Um, a lot of my theater professors, which I already mentioned, my, meh. I can't, uh, you know, it's like, I can't remember. But, um, yes, that's besides the point. I think it's very sincere and honest to say that I recognize that, (laughs) that, uh, quote-unquote problem. But I no longer see it as a problem because I think what matters the most is the fact that where I speak, a lot of the times I feel heard. And I think the matter is that it really makes me see who is my audience and who is my preferable audience, like who is actually like my unquote real friend who is out there looking out for me, who is like really understanding me to an extent where they can follow my stories along and then they care enough to if they don't understand something to ask me to repeat it again um and I think that's like a very big uh adult thing (laughs) I used air air quotes um to notice and it took me a very long time to notice that there are a lot of people who can't understand all aspects of you um there are a lot of people who you cannot compare yourselves to, because now as it um, graduated, uh, uh, well, not graduated, done with grad school for a while, <laughs> grad person, grad person, grad student, I, I recognize that because I've been in a room where people come from extremely different backgrounds, different age gaps, um, yeah, um, you just constantly, instantaneously in a room with multiple people who don't know you but the way that they treat you really speaks truly to the way they are and i've ended up finding so many wonderful people that were amazingly nice and appreciative and like even when you when they call you like intelligent or they call you out when you're doing something wrong it's not out of out of the mere fact of being mean or unfair but the mere fact that they want you to succeed and they want you to take steps forward and it's a very long like for the longest time I thought because I had like my whole batch of um bad memories and bad friends um and um just you know like everyone else because life be like that sometimes um I sincerely thought anyone but my mom cannot understand me and I still think that. Like, I think 98% of the time, the only person who can actually fully understand me is my mother, hence why. She's my best friend. Um, and I'm so sad that I, when I was younger, I would I would deny that. And now I'm just, like, proudly praising it everywhere. I'm like, yeah, my mom's my best friend. Like, we say, we tell each other everything. And then everyone's just like, like, everything? I'm like, yeah, like, everything. And um, there's so many times where I, where I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have, I don't know, like someone my age who is my best friend. But then I realize that it's not the age that matters, right? That's what grad school taught me. It's not the age. It's not the, um. it's not anything. It's about being in a room, being at a table, sharing a cup of coffee, um, sharing a thought with someone who you feel that no matter what is hearing you out to an extent with open mind and is being appreciative and being communicative and you feel as though you are seen, loved, cared for, all that in in an instant and all simultaneously all existing at once and I think it's it's unfair to just sit there and say, like, oh, it will happen to you eventually. It's extremely hard. There are so many times where you develop friendships and you think they're close, and then a distance makes it extremely hard. Um, there are so many times that that distance can be metaphorical, physical. Um, just the mere <laughs> mere fact that uh, adult life can take you hours, uh, cities, um, Or even just years away. And you could just even live in the same city at times. And even in the same area. And even share like the same buildings and everything. And still don't see each other. And that's completely fine. Not because you don't want to make time for them. But sometimes to an extent you're just like, who is more important than myself, first of all. And if to an extent, I'm just so overwhelmed with the excess everything, then I will pick myself. And that should be fine. That should be perfectly fine. And it took me a while to notice that. And the reason this episode is called Potentially My Best Friend is because not that she's my potential best friend she is my best friend but because i've learned so much so from my mom in the past year uh as much as like any other adult person who i've shared a classroom or a kitchen or (laughs) or just like um a lounge with in in grad school and i think it's not about the shared space or like, oh, we had similar backgrounds, or like, oh, we're all queer. That's why we understand. Should I, that, I'm not saying that won't do anything with it, obviously. It won't. Um, sure grounds is always amazing. But it always goes back to that idea of lines that I was mentioning. That I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. Where I said, you can be in multiple lines at once. And it's the same thing with um, friends and family and loved ones you have in your life. And sometimes you're sharing one single line with them while simultaneously existing in other ones. And you may feel as though because you don't share as many lines with them as you should, you're in the wrong or they're in the wrong. But that's not true. Sometimes you just um, meet people for a little while. Like how you are, the mutual line that you and your coworkers share is the place of work. The mutual line that you and your, every person, like every classmate from your MA class, like the 28 people of us, share is us completing our classes. And, you know, those little things. And I think they made us think sometimes that, When we were growing up, especially as a woman, that your line has to be unique. No one has to share that with you. But that's not true. A lot of times we are in it with other people. We are existing in the same wavelength as other people. And we share the same dream. Maybe to a different horizon. But similar dreams. And that is okay. Your dreams are not what make you unique. You are. And that's what I learned from my mom. (laughs) Without further ado, I want to thank you for listening thus far. And wish you a very, very, very happy start of the week. Sincerely, Navas.